big rocks and all that sort of thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Hello. Hello, John. Oh, hello, Mick. It's a beautiful sunny day here in... It is a beautiful day in Coxfordshire. As you call it. Whoa. Now, John, uh, before we go any further, a re- a distressed reader has emailed in since the last podcast. Oh, yeah. To say you didn't sing on I... the last podcast. Here we are with our brand new... Yeah, but the one we just recorded, I did. Did you? Yeah, I sung Wild Swan by Magnum. <laughs> It's the rendition people have been waiting for. Now you come to mention yeah. it. I feel you, brother. I yeah. feel you. Exactly. Now this so is an extra happy. special pod we're doing. Uh, normally this wouldn't go out for another week, but we're putting this one out literally the day before our big exciting show. show. Yeah, can't wait. I'm standing here. I'm holding a copy of Stephen Wilson's book that he sent me. He signed it inside, or someone signed it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. What does it say? It says, uh, hang on, I'll turn to the right page. It says, to John Houghton, and there's a got an asterisk above it, and the asterisk, by the asterisk it says, not his real name. <laughs> That's because your real name is Little yeah. Johnny James yeah. Cricket Interrupter, isn't Love it? Love an AI, and then it's got a scribble. No, that's so I presume autograph. It, I presume it's by Stephen Wilson, but I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah, or me, yeah, or me, because I, 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 I was involved. Yes, in I heard project. you were involved. Yes, but it's a very lovely looking book. It is very nice. You and, should see uh, the special edition. So uh, you know, we'll. I'm taking it down to the show. I'm going to Stephen. See, I've got a copy of your book, Stephen, and he'll obviously then say, "Well, I've got all your books," and we'll just talk about how great we are. Yeah. yeah, and and then we'll go on stage. And then we'll go on stage. You yeah, know, I'm just talking about the afternoon when we're getting to know each other. I mean, me and Stephen, having a, we're having a get-to-know-you <laughs> session before the show. He's not coming down in the afternoon. That's what he told me. He'll be helicoptering in. Yeah. Directly before Landing on top of the West Hampstead Arts Club. Unless there's too much snow. Yeah. Uh, and then he'll be down the special bat pole at the back of the stage. He'll be coming down there in a cloak. Yeah. He doesn't like to talk about it, yeah. but he'll be wearing his cloak. Yeah. And Will um, he be wearing shoes? Because I hear that every time he appears on stage, he doesn't wear shoes. Do you know, that is an excellent question. That should be question one. No, I've got Why that. are you wearing... Yeah, but that's my question. Yeah, well, there you go. You can Am I that. allowed to ask a question? You are, but everyone knows. For this, for this show... Everyone knows. For this show, oh. first of all, we want readers' questions. So if you have a question for Stephen Wilson... Please, it's not too late. Get it in. Get it in ASAP, however you can. 
because there'll be better questions than the one Mick Wall has just not thought of for himself. Shut says he's going to ask. Shut up. And then I'm allowed. I'm being allowed three questions for Stephen Wilson. Uh, and they are. And they are. I've now forgotten the first one. Do you just turn the volume up? Oh yes, that's it. Yeah, it's the re- question about remixing. Do you just turn the volume up? On the bass. Yeah. Uh, question two, which is, would you ever live live on a croft, which is in honour of fish yeah. from Marillion, who's going to live on a croft? An escapade I'm obsessively following on the pages of Facebook because he updates weekly Does on he? what's happening at the Croft. Yeah. You think it's a bit like Clarkson's Farm? Yeah, I think he's aiming for something like Fish's that. Fish's Croft. Because it's, from what I can work out, it's being completely rebuilt. I mean, it's a bit like the joke you came up with about Trigger's broom, you know, on Only Fools and Horses. I've it's had this broom two, for 20 yeah, years. Three new handles and four new brushes. You know, it's got a new roof. They're building a new driveway and it's having a... It's having loads. It's very exciting. So would you ever live on a croft? And then I've got my third question now. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not going to reveal oh, that till the night. No, come on. No. Come on. But it is in hand. Are you, you're not going to forget it? No, I've got it. I'm making a little got note, you rock see. Rock solid. Oh, you're rock solid. Rock solid. Okay. Well, uh, some readers have sent in a couple of questions. Brilliant. Brilliant. That will help. So it's going to be a glory night, is but what we we're saying. But we need more. We need more. If you want to ask a question of Mick, do that. I mean, you know, you might want to say, have you ever had a show on Sky? <laughs> you know, something like that. Well, it's funny you should say that. I, I, I don't like to talk about it, but, you know... There's things I could tell you. There's things I could tell yeah, you. So look, let's before we go any further, let's point out that this is all being brought to the readers through the wonders of Bayer Dynamic yeah. microphones. I don't know what setup they've got. I don't know what Terry's got set up at the gig, but I might take my Bayer down there if I'm going to be doing any singing. I don't know what setup Terry's got at the gig, but yeah. I might be bringing my magic mic. And my magic headphones. Yeah, exactly. How about that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Much. Yeah. I'll be wearing them as I walk in. Yeah. Well, you... <laughs> Just uh, I push through the crowds in case they want autographs or yeah. selfies. I put the headphones on. Yeah. Then they dark just glasses. Can't approach you. No, they they know they, they, yeah. that's the signal. Yeah. Don't approach you. Do you yeah. know Bob Dylan? His son had a band, and they were opening for Dylan, and his oh, mates that, in the band. How did they get that gig? I, Music, yeah, musical. The musical. agent, the agent heard what? Yeah, people will say it's because it was Bob Dylan. Some actually, the agent, booking agent, heard he this just amazing thought it was band. A good fit. He's heard this amazing band and he couldn't believe it when the guy said, "You Come. want us to support Bob Dylan?" But that's my dad. He went, "Whoa, whoa, mind blown! That's unbelievable." And Bob went, "Um, and." The boys in the band were saying to Dylan's son, you know, your dad's weird, you know, <laughs> at soundcheck. <laughs> your dad's a... <laughs> at soundcheck, one day he's all friendly. Next yeah. day you, you can't talk to him. Yeah. And he tipped them off. He said, if you see father, if you see Peter, Peter Familius, wandering around and he's got his hoodie up, yeah, that's don't talk Do to him. Do not approach. Yeah. If he's got the hoodie down... yeah. That still don't approach, but if you must, you know you won't face death. Yeah, I, that's me. See that that could be me. And if he's not got the hoodie on at all, you're golden. Just go up to him. Just go up to him. Rub yeah. yourself up against him. Yeah. 
say I'm like you, no hoodie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How yeah. many more wants to be? Yeah. So, what do you uh, want for lunch, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob, we can't hear you. Could you sing up a bit? It's work for Bob. It's work for Bob. Well, that's because he's a genius. Yeah. Right, now, let's get into it. What were we talking about? We were going to talk about, weren't we, something? Yeah. Yeah, go on. What was it? Remind me. Oh, oh, right. Okay, well, all right. I'm going to read you something out. You tell me if you know. Mm Mm-hmm who this is okay i'm gonna read you something now oh yeah so i won't say his name but the 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 man in question sported a long beard and either a ponytail or occasionally piglets (laughs) he sometimes rode to tournaments that's tennis tournaments on a bicycle he warmed up by listening to rhythm and blues while skipping he practiced the saxophone in a telephone booth during wimbledon he ate, he ate health food, did yoga and eschewed alcohol long before such behaviour was fashionable on the tennis circuit. Well. Name that man. Is it Andy Murray? It's not. No. Okay, let me have not. another go then. It's not Andy Murray. No. You're sure on that? Yes. Okay, you're sure it's not Andy yes. Murray. Then it absolutely must be. Go on, then. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, Bjorn Borg. Djokovic. <laughs> no, it's going a bit further back than that. Oh. I'll read you something else, see if you can get it from this. <laughs> he, this is the name, was not one of the all-time great tennis players, though he was very, very good. But he was certainly one of the most original. He was variously described by his contemporaries as the ageless guru of tennis, the game's one great blithe spirit, and tennis's philosopher king. Ooh, philosopher king. Yeah. We must. I've got to Surely tell you. be talking about John McEnroe. No, we're not. We, we must surely talking, be talking Mick. about the silent Swede, Bjorn Borg. We're not. We're talking about. Oh, well, he's from the same part of the world, almost. A Scandinavian. Across the water, from Sweden. You don't mean. Denmark. I do mean Denmark, yes. You don't mean Rasmus Hoyland, Manchester United's exciting new signing. signing. He's probably better at tennis than he is at football, <laughs> by the looks of things. <laughs> He's probably better at yeah. anything than he yeah. is at football, let's be fair. Rasmus. Yeah. They signed him up to get, oh, hey, you thought I was a footballer? Yeah. yeah no, no, I'm, I'm a ten- tailed tennis, tennis player. Mate. Tennis, mate, that's my main sport, yeah. football. I, I warm up in a football's just box. Football's just a hobby. Denmark yeah. football. We, yeah. we all play football. Yeah. Um, go on then. I don't. We know. are talking about Torben Ulrich, <sighs> father, father, father of Lars Ulrich, who died reasonably recently. Lars died. No, no, Lars. No, not stars. Torben passed away at the grand old age. It must be said of ninety-five. Wow. And it was the subject of this tremendous obituary in the Times last week, which I sent over to you. And which I read. From which I have been reading. Tennis's Philosopher King, all of those things. But uh, Torben was much, much more than a tennis player. He was certainly didn't get the obituary because he was Lars's dad. He got the obituary because he lived this astonishing life. That even though, I mean, I think 
fans of Metallica would know who he was because he was famously appeared in the some kind of some monster. kind of monster. But he also appeared. Lars would speak about him from time to time um, about his dad. But uh, even up until the last few years, Torben was making albums, which <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. Mm. Making jazz more albums, albums than his son has made. Yeah, really. yeah, exactly. And writing poetry. Yeah. And, uh, but then the great moment comes, obviously, when you think you're reading through this obituary and it's a terrific obituary. For example, in 1968, he took the great John Newcomb, he's an Australian tennis player. I used to love John Newcomb. Yeah, to five sets in the fourth round of the US Open before losing. He had been distracted by a butterfly, <laughs> he claimed afterwards, and proceeded to quote the Chinese philosopher Zhuang Zhui. Was I then a man dreaming I was a butterfly, or am I now a butterfly dreaming I was a man? You see, the thing that obituary doesn't mention is about Thorburn is that he, throughout his tennis career, he would be tripping on LSD. Yeah, which is sort of why he didn't win loads of tournaments, but but also why yeah. he wore pigtails yeah. and wrote poetry. But here's the great bit: so we get all the way down this obituary, like it's a long obituary, and we're coming towards the end. We get this bit. Here's a here's an amazing paragraph. He was a mystic and a Buddhist who once spent three months crossing Denmark by lying on the ground, standing up, moving three feet forwards and then lying back down again, repeating the process over and over again for 90 miles. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Lars, funnily enough... Lars has never done that. Well, no, funnily enough, me and Lars did a very similar thing. Yeah, we lied down for 20 minutes. Yeah, well, well no, no, no. In fairness, we were walking home from a microbrewery in San Francisco, where it must be admitted strong drink had been taken. And we would walk three feet, <laughs> like flat down, yeah. get up, another three feet, wallop again. And we did that for 19 couple of blocks. Miles. Yeah, a couple of blocks. Yeah. So you get all of this tremendous... And then you come to... A well, long way down the obituary, it then says... He also happened to be the father of Lars Ulrich, drummer for the venerated heavy metal band Metallica. Those too young to remember his exploits on the tennis court might instead remember his cameo role in Some Kind of Monster, <laughs> a 2004 documentary about Metallica. This is, this is the Times. This is the Times, Times reporting this. Yeah. He listens to a track in the recording studio. His son asks him what he thinks of it. After a very long pause, <laughs> while he's meditating yeah. and yeah. butterfly catching, he replies, "I would delete that. <laughs> I would delete that. For me, it doesn't cut it. Yeah. It sounds like a guy shouting in some sort of echo chamber." <laughs> now you see, Torben <laughs> was ahead of the curve. There, that is one of that's the pretty great much every review they got of that. Exactly, is one of the great deconstructions of that record. And the guy did it in a sentence. That's marvellous. What a brilliant guy. Yeah. Years yeah. ago, when I was interviewing Lars for my Metallica book, I don't know if you recall, you John. Metallica, what was it called again? It was called Enter Night. Enter Night. How did you come up with that title? That's well, if I could reveal all my secrets, yeah. they wouldn't be secrets. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But, um, said to you, I would delete that title. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Torben, just lie down, 
Get yeah. up again and lie down. Yeah, and see what you think of see, it then. Come back with in my 19 boots on miles. your face. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite put that bit. I think that you added that. But um, <laughs> Lars was telling me how, uh, obviously I don't have the quote in front of me, but he was like, I'd been around the world four times yeah. by the time I was like nine or something. Yeah. Because he'd go on the tour. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing is Torben played on the tour. He played his first match on the tour. This is astonishing. In 1948. And he was still playing in about 1970. Yeah. It's amazing. Longevity. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And Lars was telling me he had a... um, Telling me about his very sort of bohemian upbringing. Yes. He grew up in a, a castle. And... He said in the mornings, because I was saying to him, how come... Well, it says, it says here that Dexter Gordon, the famous saxophonist, yeah. is Lars's godfather, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as exclusively revealed in... Oh, in uh, End Tonight, Tonight still available should be deleted. via Amazon yeah. and, all, and many other disreputable booksellers. Yeah. So listen to me. Stop reading and, li- and yeah, learn, learn learn at the knee of knowledge. Um he said uh, he goes it wasn't like I suppose it was he said it wasn't that you got pampered because you were the son of a rich person or famous person he said it was like the opposite because I was saying to him how the hell did you just leave home and go to London to meet your favourite band and all this Um, but that's exactly what Torben would have done and he said that's how I was brought up he said so for school in the morning he said I used to come down you can literally tread over the dead bodies, <laughs> yeah. the wine glasses, the ashtrays. The, the music could still be playing. He said, get to the kitchen, fix myself something to eat, get ready and go to school. Um, and uh, he told me he was at Hyde Park in 1969 when the Stones famously did their first show since Brian Jones had died, when they let free all the butterflies. Lars was Probably there. where Torben got the quote about the butterflies. Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah. It's yeah. funny, isn't it? Yeah. When was the game against Newcomb? That the was year 69, before? I think. It was oh, yeah, maybe the year before, yeah. yeah. In fact, what you've stumbled upon there, John, is a well-kept secret, which I will now reveal. Is that Torben came to Mick Jagger. Oh, I thought he was going to say came to you, yeah. Well, no, that was later. Yeah. But he came to Mick Jagger and he said, look, this Hyde Park thing, I got, I, got, I got a word for you. Yeah, butterflies. butterflies, yeah. So did you meet Torben ever? No, I'm pretty sure I didn't, know. He he was kicking around in the studio, yeah, long after I, now I come to think of it, no, no, I never met Torben. Yeah, because it's, uh, so I'll read you a tiny bit more. Yeah, please La- do, yeah. Lars was, you might be astounded to know Lars was an only child, <laughs> any of those characteristics at all. Uh, Lars was also a talented tennis player. He was, yeah. But became hooked on music after attending a Deep Purple concert in Copenhagen. All true, but what it doesn't tell you is that because of the kind of family he came from, they knew which hotel Deep Purple was staying in. Ah, yeah, they would do, And Torben took Lars to get their autographs the next morning after the show. Right. So it's quite a privileged, entitled upbringing. Yeah. I don't think he's pampered in 
no, not 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 in terms of you know like being a material prince who's, goods. Yeah, or something. yeah. But in terms of outlook, access, you, you can, can go yeah. anywhere. You can do anything. You can see he's got that kind of rock solid confidence from his dad, who has lived life like that yeah. and proven that you can do it. Yeah. You know, it says it, it says in 1971, Ulrich began painting, which is quite interesting given uh, Lars's His massive art collection. Uh, yeah. Um, asked to produce a blue elephant for charity, he instead experimented with the impact of paint-splattered tennis balls, leading to exhibitions with titles such as Imprints of Practice. But he was obviously the kind of guy who would just free-spirited do his own thing and let see where it led. And you can very much see that in the way Lars... I mean, Lars was probably more single-minded that Torben, you would probably say to him, look... If you want to win at tennis tournament, mm. these people are just completely <laughs> one-track mind. They're not going to a jazz gig in the evening. You know, they're going to bed and going to sleep. Yeah, um, but he they're was not pay- lying yeah. down, no. getting up <laughs> yeah, and lying exactly. down. So he's this amazing. Whereas Lars was like, once he decided Metallica was the thing, he was like, boom, that's it. This band is going to make it. I think that's absolutely right. But I tell you what else. I think Torben's spirit. Uh, has kind of guided Metallica because, you know, there's a reason the world, I won't even say you and me, but the world sees a difference between not just Slayer and Megadeth, but a difference between Metallica and Iron Maiden, between Metallica and not just thrash groups, but Guns N' Roses or contemporary huge rock bands. Metallica were on the cover of Time Out magazine, Village Voice magazine. They've always had this broadsheet aspect to what they do. And that didn't come through James Hetfield. No. (laughs) uh, Who could barely fucking read, let alone appeal to these people. This was just Lars's world. He was a privately educated uh, son of a wealthy bohemian who had been around the world four times by the time he was seven or eight and i think so in metallica you i think it's a combo you're absolutely right you can see that laser like focus that lars has always had and that energy always the first one up always the last one to bed yes i'll do a million interviews with fanzines yeah yeah um but I think in terms of their sort of, as it were, permissiveness, in terms of... I mean, in fe- let's be completely fair to Metallica. You know, we have our fun with Lars and with Metallica. But if you look at their output and their catalogue, you know, the Lou Reed album... the Masterpiece. Yeah, you know, the but the orchestra... You know, they've never been prepared, never been scared to take a risk and take a... Even some and, anger. Yeah, I mean, it's not. it's not a... Not the kind of thing that Torben was doing, where you know one day it's a jazz album, the next day it's a painting, but it's it's a risk taking in artistic terms for yep. sure. Absolutely, and they're not scared to do that, and they they're certainly not afraid that their fans won't follow them. Uh, absolutely, and I, and I think that is the delineation between the truly great and the very very good. Mm. Led Zeppelin, truly great because of pages vast hinterland of cultural references um hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Judas Priest or someone, just really good. Excellent group. Yeah. But, n- but not the, that breadth of... Yeah, there's nothing else there. There's just that, yeah. Exactly. And groups that have tried to, say like Iron Maiden, where Bruce, in the late 80s, in their heyday, Bruce Dickinson, another ex-public schoolboy, desperately wanted to bring in those extra elements that in his mind yeah. would make Iron Maiden not just a great metal band, but a, 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 I was gonna say a classic rock band, but you know, like a true rock giant. Yeah. And, and Steve Harris railed against it. Yeah, I mean, you can never imagine Metallica making their version of the Black Album, which was just a purely... You say Metallica or Iron Maiden. Uh, sorry, Iron Maiden, yeah. making their version of the, uh, of the Black Album. However that would sound... Because they just weren't, that wasn't Steve Harris's mindset. It ever. wasn't of interest. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think that's interesting because when we spoke about Bruce Dickinson on, on, on the previous podcast, we kind of drove at that relationship between Bruce and Steve and that it, you know, that here were two opposites in the public school boy. And you've got the same thing in Metallica, but it seems to work a lot differently and I would add a lot better. In Metallica, I mean, I know, again, in the documentary, Lars and James are sort of at each other and they will argue and uh, you can sort of see, you know, a bit of the relationship. there. But, but I mean, it seems to be a successful relationship between someone who's had the upbringing we've just described and then the upbringing that James had. Completely different. Completely different, you know, not a lot of money, this religious background and Jehovah's Witnesses yeah sort of dirt poor America that sort of thing you know not two people who necessarily would ever have met had it not been for music well you know what they say opposites attract but when it works it's spectacular and when it doesn't it's a disaster yeah I mean I can give you I think rock has a lot of these so Axel and Slash Slash came from a very, if you like, bohemian, upper-middle-class background. Axel, dirt poor redneck. Yeah. Um, uh, Led Zeppelin, if you like, Page, the London sophisticate. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Plant the... Oh, not me mic. Plant the... Uh, uh, unknown from the Midlands who just wants to... Just wants to rock. Drink his wine, yeah. rock a bitch, smoke yeah. a fat one, yeah. peace and love for all. Paige is like, yeah, but have you considered the dark side? Yeah. yeah. Probably yeah. didn't use those words. Written on this ancient tome, this ancient piece of skin Parched. that may or may not be human. And that ink may or may not yeah. be blood. Exactly. Yeah. The blood of the lamb. Yeah. Right. So yes, no, no, no. Seriously, those those things really do matter. Yeah. 
And I did used to think if Bruce was allowed a bit more space, as it were, Maiden would. I mean, I think with the Seventh Son album, they kind of got there in the end, but it was one album yeah. too late. But I mean, the thing with Bruce is, I mean, Bruce is the singer. So obviously there's always going to be a very forward part of his expression in the band because you're Lars is the drummer Mm. I mean this is traditionally the part of the band where you wouldn't necessarily look to that it's hard to think of other bands where the drummer has been so apart from maybe Don Henley I was going to say Don Henley he was also the singer I mean or or Dave Clark yeah I don't know Dave Clark you don't know Dave Clark five no bits and pieces bits and pieces you said you loved me then you said goodbye I'm in pieces, bits and pieces. Extraordinary, yeah. You don't know that one? No, I do, yeah. I Glad all over, that's Let you one. get on with it, yeah. <laughs> Phil Collins, you know. Did you hear but, my microphone when, pop? Yeah, but mm. when Phil Collins was in, you know, when Gabriel was the singer, mm. Gabriel was the focal point, mm. you know. Um, so, but, I mean, Lars is different to that in that he's he, you know he's never picked up a guitar and said this is a riff you know he's never sung something and said this is a he's just been the drummer but he's been this huge influence over the the both the hinterland of the band and the artistic direction i suppose totally uh, and and the fact that he wasn't a great drummer um well you said I, I wouldn't say that you would say that well no i think he would say that you're in always, the, you're in always the saying days. to me shit but I, that's <laughs> just shit I would never say that. No. He's actually mm. my favourite drummer. Yeah, he told me, "Hey, <laughs> he's your favourite drummer." Yeah, yeah. Um, no, because I remember one of the very first interviews I did with him, I was saying, "Why do you keep changing the tracks? It's all going along great." And on it goes. Then suddenly you stop, and it's like catch me yeah. in the air. I said, why don't you just cut all that out and just... Okay, and he looked yeah. at me like I was a fucking, fucking idiot. idiot. Yeah, yeah. Because his hero was Neil Peart. Yeah. Is that how you say it? It is. Peart. Yeah. Not Pert. No. Neil Pert. Neil Peart. Yes. And, and they did all that stuff. And when he got to the Black Album, it was literally Bob Rock that said to him, can you just keep a just beat? Just the one thing. Just... One thing at a time. Stars. So they put him in a room. They had a room, Lars's room, where literally he learned to play drums. Yeah. Keeping one note as opposed to... Yeah. It brings... You immediately feel you're listening to Neil Peart, don't you? You do, yeah. But Neil had his solo. Yeah, highlight of every Rush gig was Neil's solo. Went yeah. on for uh, highlight yeah, and right. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm stumbling oh, yeah. there. I, I, yes, it's Neil's solo. Yes. <laughs> Here it is, the high point of the evening. Didn't he used to, he used to have two kits, didn't he? So he'd do a solo on this one. Bloody, solo on that one. Yeah. Solo with his. He'd just be doing that. He was just became pure drums. He was pure peered. Pure drums. Pure peered. Yeah. How'd it go? Yeah, and then he had his, then he had his, you know, those huge bells that would hang up, and he, dun 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 dun. It was magical. Never did dun 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 dun. Something like that. 
That's Adam and the Ants, mate. Well, whatever. No, it's Susie and the Banshees. Digga, 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 ding, 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 ding. Yeah, well, you know where they got that from. Hong Kong. But anyway, you had something else to say about stars because I, you know, I sent you the Torben. You did obituary. Well, that led me down a rabbit hole. Yeah, looking for rabbits, and you know what I found? A giant fucking rabbit called what's it called? It's got a name, isn't it? It's like the it's a it's a podcast. But it's on the Metallica website, is it? Yeah, I think it's just called a podcast. It's the Metallica podcast. That's what it's called. It's probably called something like Metallicast, let's be honest. Ugh. And it's hosted by an old friend of ours, isn't it? Well, I can can imagine that it would be, yes, because there is one of our former number at Kerrang, Stefan Chiratzi. Who is now... Better known as Cheesy. I mean, in the same way that Stars handles all of, you know, Metallica's... Business. Business and output. Cheesy, Stefan... Stefan handles the the So What website stroke magazine. Fan stuff. Yeah, the fan stuff, the interviews. By fans. Yeah. So I can imagine if they were looking around for someone to host the podcast, they didn't have to look no they didn't further. They have to stand on top of the Golden Gate Bridge with a pair of binoculars. James going, hey, we're going to get you the podcast. What's a podcast? Let's yeah. get a bear. And Lars goes, hey, let's get cheesy. <laughs> We're already paying him. Let's just get him to do that as well. See, I think it must be really weird to like work for Metallica. It's just not if you're their number one fan, like Cheesy. But that would make it even worse. I mean, not it's... for Cheesy. Cheesy loves them, John. You know he does. You know, I'm trying to imagine me working for me. Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you love me. It would be me. really weird. No, you yeah. love me. You'd yeah. be like. I have the best job in the world. Yeah, until you have to say, no, you can't have a pay, you know, no, you can't come on the road. No, (laughs) you can't have a pay rise. uh, But you're still paying me $9,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. And you should be glad of it. But don't you get much more than that with Metallica? Like, don't they earn a lot more money than $9,000? Because Lars said to me, we had a bad year last year. Oh, a bad year. They only happened 400 million. Yeah. I happened to catch sight of this castle he was living in on top of that overlooks the whole of San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. But he said to me, he said to me, it had been a bad year. Don't be fooled by a So I could only get $9,000. A few years ago, I don't know how many years ago, but it was the anniversary of Master of Puppets. So it was 86, 96. So I'm going to say 2016. Um, Metallica's management office got in touch with... Are they still managed by... um, Q-Prime. Yeah. They are. Cliff Bernstein and Peter Mensch. But I think it's long since devolved into day-to-day... They'll have a day-to-day people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But they're all getting 9,000. Amongst Mench, Mench and Bernstein, they're not getting. <laughs> they're like as to... much as what? <laughs> yeah. um, they uh, they were doing. Now listen, they were they were about to release a special anniversary edition of Master of Puppets. Right. Yeah. 
and they wanted to know if they could reproduce my legendary review of the album that appeared in Kerrang. Yeah. Which, thank which God, we all love. I gave it five stars. We all love that review, yeah. People still talk about they it. They do. I still talk about it. <laughs> I heard they that they, they teach it to yeah. the current Kerrang staff. Yeah. 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 They go, no, you want to... First day you like get to there. ...review yeah. a fucking record. Read this that. Is read that. That is... Don't touch it unless that, you've got white gloves on. Don't touch the match. Just read it. Reviewed, yeah. That's that's that album has been reviewed. That's how you properly. do it. That's how you do it. Yeah, and also it's prophetic because it predicts the great future. Yeah. So anyway, I said, uh, yeah, yeah you, you can do that if you make it rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you give me five hundred pounds of the Queen's <laughs> you coin. Five hundred pounds you could barely bring <laughs> not, yourself to say not it dollars yeah no i said i want 500 quid you should they, you know what they said you've gone in low there do you know what they said yeah they said we'll, we'll send you a copy of the album no no what? no what what do they always say we'll send you a copy of the album no they definitely didn't say that um now when you ask for a certain amount of money what do the people usually come back and well, say? Well, they usually come back with about half of that. So that's because, why you. That is because, why you start. Because because yeah. they don't have any budget. Oh yeah, no, they always that's say that. That's the famous. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not got any budget. Yeah. See, we haven't got any budget. Yeah. Metallica. So I, so I got said, back and I went. Let me see. Um, you're putting out an anniversary copy of their most revered album that has sold millions they've just been on a tour that has yeah bought and, in literally yeah. a billion dollars yeah. and after all the reviews and cover stories and television and radio and everything i did all through those years um you you, you don't have the budget yeah. to, to pay me to republish my famous review yeah the most famous review ever written no i of no, anything we, no we don't so i wrote back and said okay well then you may not use the review but heads up, when I get that album, if I see you've used the review, we'll be adding some noughts to that price. Yeah. I never heard from them yeah. again. Did they use the review? Fuck knows. Yeah. I didn't look. <laughs> <laughs> I should, though, shouldn't I? Should you I? should now, because you could still get back onto them. Mm. You'd get back onto Cheesy, at least. Oh, yeah. He'd be so helpful, wouldn't he? Yeah. You get on well with Cheesy? Hey, Mick, yeah. Yeah, of course, he's a Spurs fan, isn't he? Big Spurs fan. That's the reason for you not to get on no, with No, 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 I appreciate his passion for the Spurs. Do you? The I Tottenham remember going out Spurs. for dinner with you, me, Cheesy and Paul Elliott many years ago. Yeah. And all you two did was <laughs> make his whole evening rotten, <laughs> mercilessly awful. We love him. But I just think it would be he weird. He was talking to... about, I remember him he saying. He keeps hearing the words, no, there's no budget for that. And I, just, I don't know. <laughs> he, he was he was like, you know, I'm just, I just want Tottenham to finish, you know, top half of the table. I remember you went, I just want Arsenal to finish above Spurs. I don't care where it is, 17th, 18th, as long as it's above Spurs. Yeah. He had the tears running down, down his, his eyes. face. Yeah. What, John, why do you always call him cheesy? What's the story there? I, I can't remember what the story is. Something because to... he eats cheeseburgers by the dozen. Is that what it was? I can't remember now. I remember him eating the taco bucket at um, 
um, what do you call it? What's the place called with the, uh, you know, Taco Bell? No, 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 in LA, the one Taco Bell. Um, no, in an out burger. No, it's a famous restaurant, and it has the basketball machines where you could play basketball on it. Barney's Beanery. Oh, yeah, right. Barney's Beanery. Well, that's the place we're to in, go for a cheesy We're in Barney's burger. Beanery. Me, Paul Elliott, <laughs> can't remember who else, and uh, Cheesy and Mark Lealoha turned up. Who was the and photographer? The photographer who nice was always guy. with Stefan. Lovely man. Lovely man. Very gentle. But very much not like Ross Alfred. <laughs> he uh, was kind of like very the much, I'm yeah, not so, Ross. Exactly. It was like, if you could imagine the polar opposite of Ross Alfin. But who did Great the same? Career move but who did the days. same job? It was Mark Lealoha. He got a lot of work through not being Ross. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I mean, you, this is back in the day when I don't know Britain and America. I would say they used to be a lot more different than they are today. And you used to go to America and be amazed by some of the shit that went on there. And that night, Stefan looks at the menu in Barney's. Goes, I'll have the taco bucket, and we're, we're like. Oh. And it it comes to the table, and it was a bucket, and the bucket itself was made of the taco shell. And you the, ate the bucket. Yeah, you ate the bucket, and you know it was filled up with the taco wow. filling. And you break off a bit of the bucket and dig it in and eat it. And you I'm just loving ate, this. Eat, yeah, but, but he had was, one to himself. But, that, but that's what I mean. Is that's what America used to be, have the capacity. Nowadays, they probably do that in. Nando's or something, you know. But it's like back then, it was like it was like when you used to go into the supermarket and they'd have multi-pack packs of crisps, and you'd go, "Man, they've got this pack of crisps. It's got, like, it's got like thirty packets of crisps." Kill inside. Me Americans now. are crazy. And anyway, Stefan eats the taco bucket, which is a legendary thing that me and Paul always after. And then he goes, uh, he goes, come on, we'll get wherever we were going. He goes, come on, we'll give you a lift. Mark's got his car. We're going into Leah Loa's car. And the back seat's just covered in <laughs> burger wrappers. And just, so probably that is where he got cheeseburger. Because they'd just driven, they'd literally driven down from San Francisco, arrived at Barney's Beanery and then went off to whatever gig we were going to. Yeah. Rock in Rio, the second one in 91. Uh, so people are arriving at different times. Inevitably, Cheesy has come... Oh no, he'd come with Faith No More. Yeah. Because they were the other San Francisco best buds in those days. And him and Big Jim Martin, who was another burger hound. Yeah. Because he didn't care, you know. Um, We bumped into, uh, me and Ross, and we bumped into them on the beach, or there was a place where people were gathering and talking. And they and they were like, oh, you just got here this morning. They were like, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of it so far? And Cheesy goes, well, the first thing we did, and before he could tell us what the first thing he did was, Ross goes, add a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and and it just kind of stopped him in his tracks. And he looked at Jim Martin and he went, actually, we did yeah. go into Burger King, yeah, <laughs> just to see what it was like. He went, and what was it like, Cheesy? <laughs> That's probably where no, because of cheeseburgers, yeah. Because his name was Stefan Chirazzi, yeah. so it became Stefan Cheeseburger. Yeah, exactly. so, turned into cheesy. See, that is Ross's great ability. 
even beyond being a photographer, his ability to put his thumb on the sore spot is just he's like beyond. Trump. Yes, like Trump. He's, he, yeah. he finds that horrible vulnerability yeah. and hits Sleepy it. Joe, yeah. crooked Hillary. Yeah, yeah, you know, falsely friendly. <laughs> it's, it, it just, he hits that, that note that you don't want to be here, but he, he just does it. He does. Yeah. He, I thought of another one there and it's gone now. Um, yeah. Keep talking. Blaze of Glory. That was another good one for Bon Jovi. You've mentioned, oh, John Bon Jovi said, Blaze of Glory. <laughs> and it's just, it's so perfect. I've just remembered one. Because another one of the San Francisco brethren, who was one of Cheesy's, you know, best mates, yeah. was um, Glenn Danzig. Oh, Fonzig, yeah. So, um, we're at the Sunset Marquee. Malcolm Dome's there. <laughs> Cheesy, me, Ross, and probably Leia Lower and a few others. Yeah. And we were all being lined up. Oh, no, I wasn't for some reason. But Malcolm and Cheesy were both interviewing Glenn um, Danzig. And uh, I can't remember the way around we did it, but um, we told Malcolm to say to Cheesy... By the way, you know what Malcolm was like. By the way, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. found out when I went in there, Glenn's had a fantastic nose job. <laughs> he said, and what I didn't realise, all the publicists told me afterwards, was that I should have complimented him on it. He was upset that I didn't notice. So Malcolm goes, so, you know, if you want to, you know, to say to him, he's really good. So Cheesy goes in. He didn't in. fall for that one. Cheesy oh goes in. Because Glenn has had some cosmetic yeah. work, but not this occasion. <laughs> first thing he says is oh congrats on the new nose job and Danzig's like are you fucking taking the piss because A I haven't had a nose job but B I have had plastic surgery no one's meant to know about it apparently the interview didn't go well no surprisingly went straight downhill from there the publicist who knew Ross rang him she goes what did you say to (laughs) Stefan nothing (laughs) cheesy did you say anything about Glenn's nose? <laughs> Glenn's nose. He goes, why? What's wrong with Glenn's nose? Has he had an op? Yeah. Just no, he hasn't had an op. <laughs> Stop telling people this. Oh dear. Anyway, yeah. this is the long way round. So oh yeah. Stefan is hosting the podcast, the Metalli cast, the Grovel cast. <laughs> That's what you're calling it. <laughs> That's what Ross is calling it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and why there was a reason for this, wasn't there? Well, you'd listen to it or something. You said because I'd sent no, you. No, you listened to it and well, said I'm not listening to this anymore. Yeah, because oh, it, because it was. So you sent it to me. So I thought, well, I'll so listen, you to would listen to it. Listen to it. Yeah. And the fir- the first guess who the first guest on the Metallicast was? Was it Lars? Oh, amazingly enough, it was Lars. Wow, hey, yeah. And Stefan's giving it the big build-up. We're like, hey, you, of course, everyone knows the one thing about Lars. And I'm thinking, what, he's, he never shuts up. <laughs> no, no, the one thing everyone knows about Lars is his love of, and I'm thinking, I don't know, himself. Or, his love of music. Oh, yeah. Music. That's, that's I mean, the one in, thing we all know. In fairness, we do know that, because he used to be obsessed with the new wave British Oh, true, yeah. yeah. That was I remember when a long he did, time ago. When someone convinced... Who was it? I think he convinced... Polygram 
to do a best of new Wobbum album, <laughs> Lars. <laughs> Him and Jeff Barton picked the track. I remember it, yeah. And Stars had to come into the office to choose the sat. Oh, it's like, oh, oh should we have, you know, Raven? But, but or Stallion we were very yeah, influential. Yeah, right. yeah they were like having this debate about these terrible. Was that, yeah, but was that Stallion from Newcastle or Stallion yeah. from Port Talbot? Yeah. <laughs> Because I think they had the edge. It was very much that, yeah. Chariot. Yeah. Do you remember the B-side? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Toad the wet And Jeff going, yes, I've I've bought it in. It's in my briefcase. This (laughs) is the one they sent. It was very much like that, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, so he does... So they start to... So Lars goes on to do a deep dive... On his deep, record collection. Stefan's going, one of the things we love most on this podcast is when Lars is doing a deep dive oh, that's into his record collection. Deep, one of the things we love most on this podcast is when I shove my head right up his arse <laughs> till the cheese is trickling down my sweaty <laughs> jowls. And then I say to him something like, hey, Lars, hey, what's your favourite track? And Lars's favourite track at the moment was by Leonard Skinnerd. Have you ever heard of them? A no, little known, new one on me. A little known band of the, mm. the southern thrash. rock genre. Oh, southern yeah, thrash. Southern thrash. And, and what, start, uh, what obscure track did he go oh, for? He did. He, I mean, he said they were al- like album cuts or something, but then he started talking about Simple Man, maybe, or something. I just turned it. I had to turn it off. You turned it off. At I that couldn't. Point. Subject well, thought, yourself. Well, why do I want to spend my day listening to Lars going on about Leonard Skinner? <laughs> I tried to escape that fate. Well, you see, I think you missed a trick there because what is less well known, but which I can now reveal, is that the riff to Enter Sandman. <laughs> was invented by Vic Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was lifted. Lifted, I say, hook, line and sinker from Sweet Home Alabama. Wasn't that written by your aromatherapy best buddy, Kirk? What, Enter Sandman? Yeah. Yeah, but he nicked it. Like, um, you're missing the point here. Nicked no, no. it. But, but does it sound like ow, that? Ow, 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 Sweet home, ala, gang, 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 gang. It's identical. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't might see be, the... It's like AI. You I, can't see I the joy. I might go back to the podcast and check that out. Yeah. Everybody... Well, in fairness. Yeah. In fairness. Everyone says it. So, uh, well, you don't sweet, know that about Sweet, sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama and Enter Sandman. Everyone says it. Everyone says it. They do. Enter light. Uh, no, enter night. Yeah, you should remember that. Exit yeehaw. Ah, uh, uh, uncanny. Speaking of un- uncanny, on the AI front, and I think we should put this picture up at the gig... The next gig on oh, right. Is there a gig? February the 21st, oh, yeah, Wednesday, my... West Hampstead Arts Club. Got my Stephen Wilson book. Special star Stephen Wilson. Stephen Wilson book, ready to take it down there. I forgot what I was going to say. AI, you were saying. Yes, yes. Uh, well, we know Stephen did that wonderful Christmas song. 
winter uh, December yeah. skies yeah lyrics in the style of Stephen Wilson yeah I love that by AI that was clever that was clever See, he's quite clever, Stephen Wilson. I get the feeling he's going to outwit us quite easily. Oh, it'll be like two chess players going yeah. up against the Grand Master. Yeah. He'll be blindfolded with headphones on, not seeing or hearing, but just outwitting us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. See how my hand's yeah. going like that? Or like that. Yeah. Come like that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got our questions lined up, haven't we? You've completely gone off topic here. I, well, just to fit it You're in. You're saying there's a the picture end. you want to put up at the gig. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yes, a reader has kindly sent in, John. Uh, I've been getting a lot of examples of AI. Yeah. So there's an incredible one of um, James Hetfield singing Hips Don't Lie. Yes, I think we mentioned that last time. We, we did. About. We, we did. We did, actually. You're right. Um, but it's amazing what you can do with photos. I mean, um, Brett Stewart, who I believe is in Australia. Right. You know Australia. I do. You had to flee the country, didn't you? <laughs> I did. He sent in a picture, John. You won't. It's uncanny. It's a picture of Lisa Dominique back oh, in the day. Oh, Lisa Dominique. Who's that? Well, she's with someone. But <laughs> they, have, they have, by use of AI... They have superimposed your face wow. onto this person. Look at this, this Johnny. Look at this. <laughs> that, you know what that looks like? You know when people have a face transplant, but it doesn't look right. It, it looks like it looks like you've been in a terrible accident. It does. It looks like I'm one of those people. I'm like Touchwood Madly in there. He's like had their face ripped off by a wolf or something, some terrible accident, and, and then so, and had someone is, else's a murderous <laughs> face put back over the top. They've gone. Don't worry. We have. We've the got. Technology. We've got the face for you. <laughs> <laughs> Say and, no more. We've worked it out. This is the one. And the test. The test will be. If we bring Lisa in and she doesn't know, doesn't know the, the difference, difference, yeah. And she, she just yeah. throws herself at you. <laughs> and you're like you usually this are, is which terrible. is not, not here, Lisa, not here. So we'll treat readers that come to the show on February the 21st. That will be displayed. At the West Hampstead Arts Club. Yeah. This will be displayed. Too much, I feel, hilarious. Yes, oh, I'm sure. Now, is there anything else we need no, to address? No, that's it. That's it. I've got to go now. Oh, you've got to go. <laughs> What have you? What, who are you off to talk to now? I've got to go to the library. Have you really? Yeah. What for? Your latest Etonian secret lodge meeting? Yeah, yeah, that'll be it. What is it? You're now doing the Etonian Heavy Metal Society? No. What's that? Tarquin and fucking... Oh, stop it with your ridiculous prejudices. This is, oh, why, oh, this yeah. is why I never mention it. Where did... <laughs> yeah. That's because you're not allowed to. Anyway... Farewell, readers. Tarquin and who? Tarquin. See you at the show. See you at the show. Rock and roll. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How do I stop this, Fern? <laughs>